Welcome to the Word Podcast. Hello, everybody. Welcome back again to the Word Podcast. Today, we are going to conclude a little a little mini-series of sorts of uh, miracle episodes. Two weeks ago, we covered the miracle in two stages where Jesus healed uh, a blind man with two attempts. Last week, we did the miracle of the swine, where Jesus casts out thousands of unclean spirits from one poor man. And today, we will talk about another miracle that Jesus performed, and that is the miracle of the coin in the fish's mouth. It is perhaps not Jesus's most spectacular miracle, and for sure it's not the most well-known miracle, but that's what intrigued me about it, and that's why I wanted to look at it a little closer and see what I could find. Okay, so the miracle of the coin in the fish's mouth, kind of a clunky title. I don't know what else to call it, but that's what we'll call it. The miracle of the coin in the fish's mouth. This miracle has to do with uh, paying taxes. So it's only fitting that the one gospel that records this miracle is the gospel of Matthew. And as we all know, Matthew, of course, was a tax collector for the Romans before Jesus called him to be an apostle. So it should not be surprising then that our story is recorded for us by Matthew. And before we go any further, okay, let's take a break here and take a moment to offer praise to God. Holy Father, Lord of the universe, we thank you once again. Thank you once again for the opportunity to read your words, to seek your wisdom, to gain understanding, to gain knowledge, so that we may Walk the path that you set before us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Okay, so now we find the miracle of the coin in the fish's mouth in Matthew chapter 17, verses 24 to 27. It's a rather short passage, so I will read it for us right now. If you want to get your Bible ready and follow along, if not, just listen. And that was Matthew 17, 24 to 27. When they came to Capernaum, the collectors of the two drachma tax went up to Peter and said, Does your teacher not pay the tax? He said, Yes. And when he came into the house, Jesus spoke to him first, saying, What do you think, Simon? From whom do kings of the earth take toll or tax? From their sons or from others? And when he said, from others, Jesus said to him, then the sons are free. However, not to give offense to them, go to the sea and cast a hook and take the first fish that comes up. And when you open its mouth, you will find a shekel. Take that and give it to them for me and for yourself. That's it. It's a short little miracle. In this story, we have the disciples... Uh, we find them in Capernaum. Jesus is off in a house somewhere in town. And we find Peter, uh, who is immediately cornered by the collectors of the two drachma tax. Now, we've heard of tax collectors before, 
but I didn't know what the two drachma tax was. So I looked it up. And in Moses's time, each person over the age of 20 was to give a half shekel offering for the support of the tabernacle. A half shekel was equal to two Roman drachmas. This exact offering is found in Exodus chapter 30, verses 11 through 16. Um, they talk about the collection that took place uh, for the tabernacle. In Jesus' day, some 1,500 years after that half shekel offering in Moses' time, so 1,500 years later, the tradition of the tax collecting was still being done by Jewish tax collectors to maintain the temple. It was uh, a temple tax now, which started with uh, Moses' time in Exodus. So these tax collectors, they knew who Peter was. They knew who he followed. Jesus had um, no small amount of fame at this time. And they were constantly trying to trap Jesus and disprove who he claimed he was and who his followers said he was. So they thought they could trap him and catch him in something as simple as dodging his taxes, thus proving Jesus couldn't possibly be the Messiah if he doesn't pay his temple taxes. What kind of a holy person would you be if you didn't pay your temple tax? So they asked Peter, does your teacher not pay the tax? To which Peter quickly replies, well, yes, yes, he pays the tax. Peter doesn't know if he pays the tax or not, but he says yes. So now Peter goes to the house to ask Jesus about this. Peter doesn't know what Jesus is going to say. He doesn't know if Jesus pays the tax or if he feels he should pay the tax, but he wanted to protect his teacher and get away from these tax collectors. So yeah, he said yes and then went to talk to his teacher about it. Now before Peter can tell Jesus what happened or even ask him if he does pay the tax, Jesus asks Peter a question about the collection before Peter can even talk. As soon as he walks in, Jesus hits him with a question. Jesus already knew what Peter was going to ask. God is all-knowing, and he asks Peter, what do you think, Simon? He calls him Simon or Peter. Do the kings of the earth collect taxes and tolls from their sons or from others? To which Peter replies, from others. To which Jesus then says, then the sons are free. So are Jesus and his followers sons of the kingdom of God or of the kingdom of earth? They're most definitely sons of God and his kingdom. So with this question that Jesus throws at Peter, Jesus is affirming that as sons of the kingdom of God, he's the son of God and followers of him are all part of that kingdom of God. They are definitely free from an earthly tax. The sons are free. This authority far surpasses the importance of a physical temple on earth. Jesus himself is the way to God, and Jesus calls himself the true temple. So no, Jesus definitely does not have to pay this tax. It is below him. But... And that's a big but here. This is a really, really cool part. Jesus pays the tax anyway. So why? If Jesus had already, through questioning Peter, affirmed to Peter that he's the son of God, you're all sons of the kingdom of God, we don't pay an earthly tax, but we'll pay it anyway. 
Jesus tells us why he pays this lowly tax. And in Jesus' own words says, as to not give offense to them. Not to make them mad. Not to cause a scene. The Son of God will pay the two drachma tax because he's a humble servant. Jesus lowers himself or humbles himself simply to avoid offending tax collectors. Well, who cares about offending tax collectors? Jesus does. My first reaction to reading this would be no way Jesus should pay this tax. He's Jesus. He's the son of God. He's so high above everything we do here on earth that there's no way he would ever have to lower himself to pay. And he doesn't have to, but he chooses to. Jesus shows us how to be humble and shows us how humble he can be. If he's Jesus, if he's the top of the food chain, he shows us, look, just to avoid offending these people, let's pay it. Spread kindness. Spread peace. Avoid needless trouble whenever you can. We look to other parts of scripture that backs it up, right? In, in Romans chapter 12, verse 18, if possible, so far as it depends on you, live peaceably with all. If possible, live in peace. Pay the stupid tax. Keep the peace. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 says, live quietly and mind your own affairs. Jesus wanted to be clear with Peter that the important thing isn't whether or not we should pay this tax. Where your status puts you and whether or not you should pay the tax like a lowly person or not pay the tax like the Son of God. But rather the important part here is that by paying it anyway, we have an opportunity as to not offend anyone and continue to spread peace. Now, I've been talking for a few minutes here already about whether or not he should pay the tax, and we haven't even got to the actual miracle uh, itself yet, but, but well, that's what reading your Bible can do. I set out to research this strange little miracle, this miracle about a, uh, catching a fish and having a coin in its mouth, and I end up being taught a pretty important lesson for me in my life is like, don't make a big deal out of stuff. If it's like, like, why, why cause a, why cause trouble? Why cause a fight if it's over something so insignificant and silly as this little tax? Just pay it. To place value on being a peacemaker or a peacekeeper rather than someone who causes trouble or someone that offends someone. And then another reaction I normally have is, well, well, they started it, right? They're the ones that are asking for this tax. They're the ones that are trying to trap us. Jesus doesn't care about that. If you have an opportunity to keep the peace, whether they started it, someone else started it, whether you're at no fault whatsoever of your own, pay the tax and the problem goes away. Spread some kindness, spread some joy, humble yourself. Is it that hard to humble yourself, to let peace Continue? Would people think less of you if you stooped down to pay a tax you were head and shoulders above in importance? Perhaps they would. But whose opinion matters? Whose approval are we seeking? Surely not of our fellow man, but that is the trap we fall into. God's approval is the only thing that matters. And he tells us that blessed are the peacemakers, blessed are the meek and the humble. Now, if Peter had said to the tax collectors, 
when they said, does your master pay the tax? And he said, well, no, of course he doesn't pay the tax. He's Jesus. He's the Messiah. He's the King of Kings. He doesn't pay your stinking tax and neither do I since I'm with him. Well, what does that sound like? Where's Peter coming from? What would motivate that kind of response? Perhaps pride? Pride's what stops us from humbling ourselves? You think you're too important to do something? It's not fair. I'm far too important to do that. That's not what Jesus wants. So again, as we've seen many, many times, Jesus humbles himself to show us how we must do it. Okay, let's... Uh, Let's try and get this back on track here and talk about the actual miracle itself. So Jesus says, we'll pay the tax as to not offend them. Peter, you're a fisherman. Go down to the sea, cast a hook, and the first fish you catch, when you open its mouth, you'll find a shekel. Take that shekel and give it to them for me and for yourself. And that's the miracle. That's the whole miracle. Jesus has Peter catch a fish and find the tax payment in its mouth. The miracle itself, the miracle itself is almost secondary here to all the, the valuable lessons in humility and peaceful practices, which I've just been rambling on about. But yeah, the miracle was that Peter caught a fish and uh, the exact amount to pay the taxes for Peter and Jesus was in its mouth. In this miracle, Jesus shows his dominion over the fish. We see that God provides what we need. God the Father provided God the Son with what he needed, what Peter needed, what the tax collector needed, and ultimately what the temple needed. And through it all, uh, peace continued. A conflict was um, dodged. It didn't happen. By paying his own tax... And by paying Peter's tax, Jesus confirms that Peter was also above paying the tax. As we mentioned earlier, um, we're all sons and daughters of the kingdom of God. But as followers of Christ, we'll one day rule with him in his kingdom. We are part of that kingdom of, of God. We're sons of God. We're daughters of God in the kingdom of heaven. Things like earthly taxes ultimately don't matter. We live on earth, we have to abide by earth's laws, or we face the consequences of earth, but ultimately, we are part of something bigger, something beautiful and important, but as incredible as the kingdom to come will be, as important as our Lord is, when Jesus walked the earth as one of us, he was humble, and he kept the peace. The creator of the universe didn't want to offend anyone. It's a tough it's a tough concept for me to wrap my head around um, because I would be quick in my own personal life, quick to conflict if I thought something was unfair or, uh, I don't know. It's a tough concept, like I said. It's not easy following Jesus, that's for sure. Jesus summed up his earthly ministry best in the Gospel of Mark, chapter 1045, where he says about himself, the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. How, how lucky are we to have Jesus? All this just from some, some tax collector trying to catch Jesus um, 
on slipping on his taxes. They confront Peter, say, hey, does he pay his taxes? And it just snowballed into this whole lesson on humility and what's expected of us as good followers of Christ. This is not going to be the longest episode. Uh, like I said, it was a very short little miracle, a very strange little miracle about a coin in a fish's mouth. Um, I had heard of it, but I wanted to figure out there's got to be something more to it, to just a just a fish with a coin in its mouth. And of course it was. And I'm glad I, I chose this one to dig into. Um, but let's start wrapping it up here. Like I said, it won't be that long an episode. Let's fire up the random Bible verse generator here on my phone. Today we have from Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday and today and forever. Absolutely. That's a good one. Jesus doesn't change. The Bible doesn't change. Perhaps the way we interpret it, perhaps the way we talk about it, perhaps the way we try to share it changes, but the message inside will never change. It never has and it never will. The words of the Bible are as true today as when they were written. God's word, God's words, where I read this somewhere, I wrote it down. Uh, I don't know who to give credit for it, but I found it. It's not my word. God's words do not need to fit into our world. Our world needs to fit into his words. God is truth and God is forever. Isn't that nice? Okay, everyone. Well, we made it through another podcast. This is the third miracle in a row. Uh, as far as our podcast go, third miracle podcast in a row. Uh, next week, we'll move on to something else. Something else. Actually, it's pretty cool. I already know what's coming up next week. It's about Jesus again, and uh, I think you'll like it. So if you have any ideas out there or any topics that you'd like to hear about or something you'd like me to delve into for an episode, let me know in the comment section or on Twitter. Again, that was the at the underscore word podcast on Twitter. So thanks to everyone who is still sticking with us here and tuning in every week. Now let's let's uh, end with a prayer like we always do. Almighty God, Heavenly Father, we're grateful to you for all the learning, all the blessings that you give to us. You make it possible for us to know you through your word. Give us wisdom to understand what we read and the courage to follow you forever and ever. In Jesus' name, amen. Until next week, everyone, God bless you all. Thank you for listening. And let's say goodbye with the last line of the 31st Psalm. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all of you who wait for the Lord. Mm-hmm.